I, I think I'm going to get a bike. Like everyone that I know that says, I think I'm going to get a bike, they spend 700 to $2,000 on a bike and they never use it. <laughs> well, here's the thing is that I've never bought a new bike. Maybe it will fit me correctly or it be more comfortable because when I was growing up. You just my... got to spend more money. Then I'll make you bike. Yeah, it'll make me, it'll make me obligated <laughs> maybe, to bike. Maybe. But I grew up, my mom used to work at the police station in Spearfish. And so every time we would get a new bike, it would be from the police auction. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only action they have the, in spearfish is yeah. like oh, someone left a bike outside a safe someone lost a bike or was confiscated or something so mom would come home with some new bikes <laughs> so i would really like to have my own new bike because i have a bike in my garage right now but it's my friends that i've been storing for three years i want my own and i think i'll use it I, so in college i used to drive i like rode my bike through the neighborhoods of the school where i went to school and you can, this is like a weird real estate tie in here, but I would, I would learn so much about the neighborhoods by riding it, but you're just going at a different pace. I'm going seven miles an hour. So you just look around more. So yeah. you could see this cool architecture, like appreciate like little pockets better. So, Hey, you should do that. I'll make you a better agent in Rapid City. If you ride your bike around every neighborhood in town. <laughs> All right, today we're going to talk a little bit about selling your home for sales by owners, for sale by owner, kind of go through that process, some pitfalls, maybe some good yeah, things. I think we things. can talk some good and bad and, yeah. you know, I know that it's some people's preference to sell it on their own. Part of me wonders if it's, well, I'm sure it is, that it's some people's preference to do it on their own because they had a bad experience with an agent. Yeah. And you can kind of start to see in your own life, like you have a bad experience with an accountant or, you know, somebody of service if it's, you know, your mechanic and you don't go there again, but you don't stop getting your taxes done professionally. You don't yeah. stop getting your oil changed professionally. So I think that maybe that's kind of a contention that you could look at closer and say, could somebody have done that better for me and still made me yeah. good money? I think it's that plus cheapness plus not seeing the value, I think. And then I think that equals it. So I think if you had a bad experience, then you're going to not see the value of a good agent. So you're not going to want to spend the money, $10,000 right? on an agent mm -hmm. or whatever it might cost. Because it is a fair amount of money sometimes that, that people pay. So right. yeah, but I mean, I get I can I have tendencies to not want to use you know, some of that services as well. And in, in the profession. So I, I get that. Sure. And I've worked with good for sale by owners. Like I know that they've done it before and so they, they get it. But usually if I have a buyer calling me, that's like, Hey, I found this house that's for sale by the owner. My heart drops a little bit because I know one, I'm going to have to negotiate my, my commission so that I still get paid without my buyer having to pull that out of their pocket. And you have to work twice as hard, right? <laughs> and I will work at least twice as hard yeah. because I am the one that knows how to put this to the closing table, right? If you don't get to the closing table, then you make nothing. <laughs> yeah. And you probably start all over if you're still going to go through with it. Have you, let me ask you a question mm -hmm. here. So I'm kind of, I deal with this a couple times here and I think I'm going through it right now, actually. Have you dealt with someone like that was maybe going to be a client? Like they talked about, kind of got values, got some ideas. And then they said, oh, guess what? Like my neighbor's nephew's daughter wants to buy the house. Mm -hmm. Will you help us through that transaction? But we don't want to list it. Have you experienced some, some version of that story? Totally. And I have been a transaction coordinator, which is a flat fee yeah. in our world. And I have been happy to do that. And I did have one. I, I went through all of it with them. And they ended up selling for sale by owner. And they had a lawyer take care of all the paperwork. But they bought a house with me 
and they are some of my really good friends now. Yeah. So as long as it's just done in a really honest way, I feel like it can. Yeah. It's okay. The first question I have, I'm like, is it your daughter or is it your like very close relative? Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's like a factor. If it's a close relative, okay, I understand that we want to help this person get into a home. We want to be a support. We're just doing a transaction, mm -hmm. like what you're saying there. If they come back and they say, no, it's my daughter's nieces, babysitters from 10 years ago. I say, okay, this is kind of how I approach it. Great. Okay. Yeah. Everyone wants to buy your house. Like, mm -hmm. let's just move past that. But if you want to get the most money for your house, I think that's maybe not the best idea. I feel like there's two different stories there. If you're trying to help someone out, that's great. Just be a transaction coordinator. If you're trying to actually sell your house for the most money, I don't think that that scenario works very well. I think you should probably approach it more as hiring an agent as opposed to just trying to do it on your own. But I think you lose money as a seller at that point. And a lot of people, I feel like this past year, past two years have said, it's so easy to sell your house. There's buyers everywhere. I'm just going to sell it by myself. And I would say that this was the hardest couple of years to be selling a home by yourself because there are so many buyers, but you're you're probably missing 90% that's, of them. So that's how I reframe that. They say mm -hmm. that to me because I heard that same thing. There's so many buyers. I just put it on Facebook and mm -hmm. it'll sell. I'm like, yes, that is true, but you will not make the most amount of money. So mm -hmm. like, it's not, it's not, can you sell your house? The answer is yes right now. You can sell your house, but can you make the most off of it? And it's not even making your most. It's like netting the most after you do pay those fees and then the, the stress level and all that. So yeah. It's well, not hard to sell your house. It's hard to no. sell your house for the most amount of money by yourself. But I will say too that I list listings on Facebook in the same groups that a lot of the for sale by owners are listing on Facebook. And I have not qualified very many buyers from Facebook. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a great tool, but it is um, a lot of looky-loos and a lot of people who really want to buy a house but haven't taken the steps to buy a house. They haven't talked to a lender. They don't know how much they can buy. And in this market... You kind of need to already be on top of that stuff. So when you start looking at Facebook being, or even Zillow, I don't get a lot of qualified leads just straight from Zillow either. My qualified leads are me talking to a buyer, pointing them in the right direction, getting them in front of a lender, having a pre-approval letter, and then looking at houses. And if that's happening, then I start to be entitled to my professional fee from my buyer. Yeah. And then we go to that for sale by owner and then I have to negotiate out my professional fee with that for sale by owner. But now that for sale by owner is paying half of a commission. So they're only actually not paying like, you know, half of yeah. what they thought they weren't going to pay. So ultimately, I think, you know, I actually ran numbers too. <laughs> On a $300,000 house, if I take out just the, the listing agent's commission, on a $300,000 house, they're saving $10,000. Yeah. I can make that up if I can give it exposure in marketing. Yep. So that's, I just did this. I did like a post on Instagram and Facebook for like my sphere, kind of highlighting that same concept because I had, so I sold two houses. Yeah, I think they're all like the last two weeks. I sold these two houses. Uh, one of them sold for, I think it was 37,000 over asking. One of them was 20,000 over asking. And I put that out there to my sphere to kind of show that there is like a value there into the expertise and the pricing and the negotiations and all that. But People just forget that side of it. They, they don't see that side of it and they don't understand that they could get more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then 92% of uh, buyers, according to my stats, are using an agent already. So if that's happening, 
they're yeah they're not saving a lot of in the professional fees and that's the only way that's the only place that uh we call them fisbo for sale by owner yeah. it's the only place that a fisbo is actually saving because they still have title fees yeah they still have taxes that they have to pay what like why would you is there a situation where you would say yeah someone should sell their house by you know by themselves or what, what would that situation be if you can think of one yeah, I think that situation is is if you like in your world before you were an agent where you were flipping houses and then you you had the expertise and experience to do it. You've done a few. I know that you'd have to do yeah. your first one, but you have enough expertise to do it. Although I would also say if that's what you want to do, go get your license. Yeah, right. And then you definitely cut out then that more data. <laughs> yeah, and you can list it and you can do it. Um that's what I'm encouraging some of my investment buyers to do because it just makes more sense yeah. for them in the long run. And then another thing too, I had one of my sweet, sweet friends wanted to sell their one of their investment properties and they found a buyer and they were just going to do it. And I said, well, I can do the transaction coordinator where I just write the paperwork, make sure it's all good, closes, and you don't get sued. <laughs> and, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and she was like, no, yeah. I think I think we could just do it. We'll just get an attorney to drop some papers and whatever. I said, okay, that's fine. And then a little bit later, I was like, do you know what documents are required? She's like, yeah, I got a purchase agreement off of the internet. Okay, is it specific to South Dakota? She's like, oh, let me look. Mm, no, okay, I need you to go find a South Dakota yeah. uh, purchase agreement. So then she called me and she's a good friend. So she asked me some questions and I, I you know, gave her some information and I said, do you have a property disclosure? What's that? Do you have a lead-based paint disclosure? Right. What's that? This and I'm is just starting like, to feel like a represented. I'm starting situation. to feel a little yeah. bit like you're gonna have to sign some paperwork yeah. with me yeah. so that I can help you. And what's two, three thousand dollars for a transaction to not get sued? Yeah. To not have to deal with what the what could happen <laughs> yeah. after closing. I have like a it's like a minor pet peeve. Not I don't really care that much to be honest, but it's a little bit of a pet peeve when there's a lawyer on the other side. I, I don't know if you've experienced much of this, but. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's tons of great lawyers. I got some lawyer people that I really like, so I'm not trying to totally. say everyone's bad. I've been on the other side. I'm like, man, they just, they think they know a lot because they've been to law school, but, and they do know a ton about, but they, maybe not real estate. You know, they don't right. know that stuff. So you still see these forms and you just like roll your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what, what are you doing here, guy? Like, I know you, you know, you passed the bar and you, you really, you can just very easily see even the lawyers sometimes aren't the experts on that piece of it. Um, and I mean, those, those forms are somewhat standard forms. So like it is relatively easy, but mm -hmm. yeah, lawyers sometimes so make it more complicated than it needs to be. Totally. So I will say that I had a deal going with buyers and a lawyer's on the other side. So typically we see lawyers representing sellers if they're like part of the estate the states, planning. Yeah. And so this lawyer was on the other side more than complicated some things. Yep. And then we were working through some inspection stuff that, that we needed to, I think, so just some roof work done. We could escrowed some money. It was winter. And the way that this lawyer wrote up all of this stuff, it was really hard to read. Yeah. Um, my people didn't understand it. I was interpreting it, which I'm not a lawyer. Like we know how to write our amendments and we know how to write that stuff, but it just complicated so much. My buyers walked. Yeah. They were like, no, this is not at all this what we want to do. This feels weird. I mm -hmm. am scared. Let's mm -hmm. be done. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that before. Somebody told me once, and again, I have attorney clients. I have <laughs> yeah. attorney friends. It's not that, but it's that they were just like, you know, and I don't know if some people out in the real world know this, but if you're an attorney, you are automatically able to sell real estate, but your experience is not there. Yeah. But <laughs> somebody said, well, imagine who wrote those laws, right? Attorneys. 
wrote the laws for them to be able to sell real estate. And so, so when find you, that, find that <laughs> if you find that attorney, then you're in good shape. But right. right. So uh, maybe not the best idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess I I get asked a lot. You know, are you just putting it on the MLS and you're putting a sign in the yard? But I feel like that is a really small-minded way to look at what we do because so much of it is more negotiating, looking through contracts, making sure that you're getting the best buyer and the best yeah. terms, not only the best price. And especially with how many offers we've seen, I think the most I personally had on one listing was 12 offers. And going through 12 offers yeah. is not easy. It's you're not hard. just looking at price. You're not just looking at inspection stuff. It's yeah. all part of it. And some of the, you know, phrasing that we've been using lately is complicated. It's not it's not just cut and dry. Yeah. So to be able to negotiate for that, negotiate on inspection stuff, make sure the appraisal's lined up, that the lender has everything they need, that your buyer is even able to buy that house. We can vet those buyers a little bit. And yeah. then to sit down at a closing table and sign paperwork because if you don't get there, like I said, doesn't matter. It's Doesn't all matter. Nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What other stats do I have? Let's see what other stats I have. I'm trying to, in my notes, find how much money, how much more money, um, a real estate professional can get the seller ten to thirteen percent higher. Is. is that what you want? Yes. Yes, I have that. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote this email, so I won't take. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I sense got my notes and then he wings it I just with me. Read it. <laughs> Fine. Uh, ten to thirteen percent higher purchase price. Yeah. By using a real estate agent, we just covered our commission and understand that we split that with the buyer's agent. Our licenses are not free. Our education is not free, and they are required yeah. items for us to be able to sell real estate. We have brokerage fees. We have office fees. It's like running a business. And it yeah. costs us money. It's it's part of our well, business. And then I, when I looked at that number, it's kind of oh ten percent. Okay, that's not that bad. But ten percent off a three hundred thousand dollars house—that's thirty thousand dollars. So like that is that should be compelling enough for most people to say, oh, that makes sense. But right. So even if you broke even, let's just say you broke even by using an agent rather than selling a house on your by yourself, you didn't have to take calls. I mean. Scott and I were just talking about how much yeah. our phone has been ringing off the hook with <laughs> listings we just put out. You don't have to feel calls. You don't have to worry about how that buyer is going to get in there to look. You don't have to worry about how they're going to contact you if they have questions or want to submit an offer or what that offer even, Yeah, the terms. There's, there's instances where it can work and where it might make sense. But I feel like if somebody's doing that a lot, they should probably just go get their real estate license anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If you have that level of knowledge, I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be probably a pretty wise way to, to go as well. Yeah, you'd probably make a little more money too. <laughs> right. We hope this episode sparked some curiosity or grew your confidence to make your next move in the real estate world. Reach out to us with questions or for tangible steps you can take to get started. We would love for you to rate this podcast and share it with a friend. Our contact info and social media links are in the show notes. Make it a great week.